Hi, I'm Ken Mingus. Welcome back to Mingus on Tech. We're here today to talk about Windows 10 and the future of operating systems. I've got Editor-in-Chief Scott Finney to my right. I've got Windows guru and operating system maestro, <laughs> Preston Grala to my left. It's going to be a good show. All right, and we're back. And also we're on Facebook Live. If you've got questions for us as we're talking about Windows 10 Creators Edition, Creators Update, or uh, operating systems in general, and you want to weigh in, please uh, add a comment. And one of the producers here, Chris or Doug, will uh, see if they can flag us down, and maybe we can answer it. So Preston, all right, coming up soon from Microsoft, Windows 10 Creators Updates. Due out sometime in April? Yes, uh, supposedly by April 11th, maybe even earlier. There's a lot of indications that it's almost ready to be compiled. I wouldn't be surprised to see it in early April, and maybe even to insiders, even late March. Could I was just wondering through. if it might show up by the end of next week just to get in under the wire. Uh, it could. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the least interesting thing about it. Do we have any idea why it's called Creator's Update? Because it's not really adding a lot of creativity or anything major, right? Well, of course not. Microsoft is the worst company in the world at branding. I mean, remember, this is a company that when it brought out Windows 8 and had these new type of apps, it called them Metro apps for right. no reason. which made no sense. But not only that, they hadn't bothered to check whether they could legally use it. And they couldn't. Oh, no. so That's then, why they had to go to, they changed them to modern, right? Well, Wasn't actually, first it was Windows 8 style, then it was modern. Then it was Windows Store, then it was Universal, and today it is Windows Apps. Okay. So that's why it's called the Creators Update, because it sounds exciting to them. Yes, I've got Creators Update. Yep. I'm creative now. Right. Because I've got this. Are you yes. excited? I'm, I'm, well, I'm an Apple guy, so oh, well, you know, I'm, excited. I'm not as excited probably as you are, but, uh, but I mean, understanding that, you know, and so you guys will have to help me out with the Windows stuff yeah. here. Um, but understanding that, obviously, this is important to Microsoft, because they are trying to do these routine or, or regular updates at least a couple of year now. Um, so can you give me, you've, you've had a chance to play with Creators yep, Update. I've been using it. Um, can you give me some of the, maybe an overview of some of the changes that people will notice, you know, mm -hmm. even if they're small, obviously to, you know, users, these things matter. Right, yeah. It's a generally a modest update. I'd say the biggest complaint, window, well, the biggest, there's a lot of complaints. One of the biggest complaints people have about Windows 10 is that it updates whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah. It's and been a huge issue. It could happen at any time. It's getting even worse. It is getting worse. Are you, are you yeah. finding that, really? It's still yeah, they've, they've got, you know, settings that are, you know, that you can't use anymore right. in certain builds. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And so the one really nice change will be that you can say when it will update. You could set a date and a time when it will update, which is nice. And also you can put off the update for three days. Okay. And actually, you do that indefinitely? That's push what I was going to say. You could push it, push it, and push it. Now, as a practical matter, that's a real bad idea because you're going to lose out on all the security updates. However, why it's good is sometimes updates are bad. There's problems with them. Put it off for three days or six days. See if there are any issues. If there are no issues, set so a time. See if they've updated the build. That's exactly right. And you could keep putting it off till there's a good fix for a build. So that's probably the biggest thing for most people. So it's the flexibility of being able to, so you're in the middle of doing something, you get the note that there's an update, right. notice, and you don't want to deal with it right then. You can push it off, or you can schedule a specific time, like yes. I want to do it at you know noon on Friday or yes, whatever. Yes, exactly right. Can give you a sense of it. In the last 48 hours, I have uh, 
installed three separate Windows 10 preview builds. <laughs> that's right. Why is that? Wait a minute. Why? Are they rolling out? Are they distinct builds? This is an indication that it's coming soon. They're not very different from each other. Oh, I, yes, it is. Uh, I been, think it's this week that Creative Update I wouldn't be surprised. Out. There's been four in the last 10 days, and the recent, most recent one that they did last night, um, RS2. there's like two tiny little bugs in it. Right. There's nothing. So the pace of the updates plus the insignificance of each update makes me think. I, I think you might be right, Scott. It could be this week or next but week. But don't say RTM because they don't like it. Right. No, <laughs> say release to the world. It's release right. to people, <laughs> RTP, right? You know. All right, so schedule updates or right. flexibility with doing the updates. There were also, I think, there's some changes to Edge to the browser. There are some changes to Edge. Um, one of the nice things, well, depending if you like Flash or not, if you're one of the few people in the world who likes Flash, yeah. but if you're not, if you like the rest of the world, all Flash content by default is now turned off. Okay. Previous version, what they called inessential Flash content, inessential for them, they were ads. Not I was just going to say, it's advertising, everybody. right. Yeah, we love advertisers. Don't right. get me wrong. We love exactly. advertisers. Right. <laughs> so Come to us. <laughs> But now all flash is turned off. Okay. You can turn it on on a site-by-site -site basis if you want. And so the default then is if it is an ad or if it is content, what happens is it defaults to HTML5, which people should be using anyway right. instead of flash. So there's that. There's also um, thumbnails for tabs. So if you want to see all your tabs, what's going on on each tab, the thumbnails, which I like a lot. Because if you have a lot of tabs open, you're kind of clicking and hunting yeah, and pecking. Like you yeah. can't tell which tab is what. Right. Here you can. Okay. And then a nice little thing, you have a lot of tabs open. You want them open again at some point, but not now you want you want to save a little memory. There's a button you can click. It saves them all. They all go away. Now you want to reopen them all. Click a button. They Boom. They all pop open. out. Yeah. Okay. That's, so it's going to be a time saver, ideally, yeah, and help people be yeah. a little more organized with yeah. their browsing. Right. Now what's missing is the big problem with Edge is extensions. Yes. There can be extensions, but no, they are not there. They are still not there. I mean, there's some... Microsoft has a tendency to do this, where they will say, we're going to roll out these things later on, and then they never deliver. Didn't well, they, they kind of hit a funny point in the market where, you know, Firefox is requiring security assurance before Pat. I mean, they, they probably wanted to wait and let it kind of mm -hmm. shake itself out. Right, I so think they don't roll right. them out prematurely, you mean? And then well, it, it, just, it wasn't clear when Edge came out where browsers were going. And now what's clear is that everybody's basically ignoring all that security stuff. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, I, a, a slight diversion here, though. One of the things that, that seems to be, you know, we, we've had some stories about how the Edge browser is losing ground rapidly mm -hmm. to, to Chrome. And that, you know, part in part because Internet Microsoft... Explorer. Huh? Internet Explorer? Mm, well, I mean, the Edge browser doesn't really have much in the market. Well, that's Explorer the and Edge. Even... I mean, the combined Explorer right. Edge. Yeah, that's, right. yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, I should be clear. Um, but that there seems to be a lot of movement in the Windows world toward Google Chrome as a browser. Mm -hmm. What is that? Is that just because people, what are they liking about Chrome or not liking about Edge? That uh... Well, Firefox doesn't run extensions half okay. the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it's more like what's wrong with the other ones than what's great about Chrome. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, I think a lot is extensions. I mean, it's, you could cuss, they could do all kinds of stuff that you really like to do. Yeah. And Edge can't do it. I mean, there's a, there's two dozen of them and that's it. And Internet Explorer is, no, no. no. Well, yeah. that, well, 
that's, that's, you know, we're looking at the rearview mirror when it exactly. comes to IE, yeah. and which is yeah. the way Microsoft wants it. But that right. was the problem. They're trying they to push people. put extensions in. I mean, it's just, it, I mean. Well, you know what happened is when I was here, when we talked about the anniversary update, we talked yep. about this. We talked about the problem that there weren't enough extensions. And I said then, well, it's a chicken and egg problem. If you don't have enough users, you can't convince extension developers to develop it and well, so it's not worth their it? time to do it that's exactly right and at that point i said no chicken no ed because there was none of it nobody eats six months later no chicken no egg still the the extensions still aren't there and microsoft has often done a really b bad job of working with third-party developers to get them it to write to for stuff so for them. good at that it, you, I mean, that wasn't what it did best. You know? Exactly right. Yeah. That's why Windows became Windows and became dominant. It's, exactly. well, you wanted to run applications, get an operating system, that it, get Windows. Right. Now they just can't convince people to do it. And I think that's because it's not about the operating system as much anymore. It's, you know, th th do you really download and run apps? No, you go to a website that's an app. Right. Yeah, most everything you can so do. So Microsoft, I don't think people have the faith in, like, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, as an, as an ISV, I'm looking at it and going, well, what are they going to do next year, you know? Right. I mean, well, as you said, here we've got this creator's update. It's the first update since, what, last summer? Uh, last the summer. first one since the anniversary update, yes, right? Yes, that's right. And we're talking about some tweaks to the update process, some tweaks to the Edge browser, some tweaks to the start menu, and some UI changes that are right. minor, minor, minor. It seems like an awful lot of, of, you know, stirring around for Microsoft to deliver something that's fairly light in terms of what it's giving users. And the problem is the last time they did something big, they blew it. Windows 8, right? Are they yeah. One of the worst operating systems ever developed yeah, by any company yeah. anywhere. And so I think they might or be Windows 8.1. <laughs> well, yeah, there was also Vista. You know, Vista, there was Vista, Vista, was, Vista was... I think was, you're right. 8 was in some ways worse because it bifurcated what they yes. were... 8 you know. was worse. Yeah. And it came at a worse time for the company because it had to do something at that point if it was going to make a jump into mobile. Yeah. And it completely blew it. I and mean, yeah. it's dead in mobile. It's not going to happen now. So it was a terrible operating system at the worst possible time for it i really think they're gun shy and they're just really scared about i think that's what all this windows as a services thing is i mean they're not going to build these big upgrades that i mean hurt them financially if they don't right. succeed that's well, right i wonder too if if the marketplace or if the way people access the web or use operating systems is changing so quickly now that this process that microsoft used to have where they would go for two three years between operating systems how are you going to know now in 2017 what a user is going to need in 2020, and you spend all that time, all that development, all that money, you know, creating this operating system, and it might be a misfire. I mean, having done that, as you say before, they don't want to do that again. So it's the all these Apple, incremental stuff. The Apple model, I, you know, they've really kind of adopted what Apple's took the lead in this, and I mean, Apple does these bigger releases, right. and I think Microsoft needs to do something a little more. Somewhere in between where they are now and mm -hmm. what they were doing. And, well, once yeah, a year right. update would be fine. That's as close. long as it had something substantial. You've got to have something to add. Well, I mean, no, you know, it. I will say Apple, though, over the last, I would say, three or four years has had a couple of operating system updates that have been very minimal. That's true. You know, and they've even couched they've, it. They've offered performance gains. You know, I yep. mean, they, you're mm -hmm. right. that I mean, they haven't added features in a while, serious features, just right. small things. But, but they're generally, you know, more... There's more oomph there. At least that's what I've noticed the last couple times. Yeah. Okay. So Windows, <clears throat> excuse me, Windows Creator Update, Creators Update, not really for creators, 
obviously rolls in a lot of security fixes. Right. You know, so it makes sense for people to go ahead and, and do the update. There's no reason not to. As far as we like know, it or not, you have to do it. I mean, you're not going to be, you know, yeah. it's, if you have Windows 10, one way or another, it's coming at you. Yeah. Okay. What Good. does it add? Aren't there some apps or something? Not, not, there's a, um, there's a three paint is turning into a 3d app so right, i guess right. you could say it's creators update for that but how many people are going to use it there's really not that there's really not many new apps what one thing maybe why they use the word is under the hood they're adding a lot of 3d and virtual reality stuff and, and so I, some hooks for future things and, to and, connect and to even present because i'm pretty sure that when it comes out there's going to be virtual reality headsets that are going to come out in concert with it and microsoft is going to make a push for that so i think that's probably why <clears throat> they're calling it creators update and maybe they think that's the next big thing maybe they know something I mean, the we creators don't creators are developers yes. not not you know people sitting around their living room like they show in their videos let's create something that's exactly right that's where the confusion is because Microsoft sort of got confused itself and they're thinking of the creator as well. Creator is going to make things for it, forgetting that if you call it creator's update, why should a user yeah. be the creator? The assumption that is, is that the user is the yeah, creator. Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting talking about, again, slightly a, a tangent here about AR and VR, though. There does seem to be more energy uh, in terms of what developers are doing or, or, you know, big companies. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that Apple's going to roll out a lot of AR stuff with iOS this year for the new iPhone in the fall. Um, and I wonder if, you know, maybe that's where Microsoft is going. They're putting some place, some things in place for the next operating system update, which we presume would be November, maybe, this year, if they get yeah, one probably, in this year. Yeah, probably. They end will. of the year. They'll, they'll get one in the end of the year. Yeah, okay. All right, um, so... Windows 10 Creators Update coming soon to a uh, PC near you, whether you want it or not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, which, which gives us a nice little launching pad. Uh, Scott and Preston and I were talking a little earlier about just operating systems in general. And Preston has some interesting thoughts on where operating systems are going or whether they're even going away mm -hmm. completely. So, you know, let's, let's go back to that because I thought that was really interesting. You were talking about Alexa. Yes, well, what I said is that up until now, operating systems are app-centric and file-centric. Right. It's you have files, you use applications to run those files, and that's what you do at a computer. And what they've done is they've all moved to the cloud now. All the files have moved to the cloud. So right. wherever you are, there your files are too, and that's really one of the biggest changes. Um, but in the future, I don't see that as the future of operating systems. I think the future of operating systems is really... Amazon Echo and devices and and software like that because increasingly you're going to want to interact with the world. Increasingly, it's not about files and applications. It's about you. It's about doing things. Yes. You, you need some information. You need to, you know, and you can do use voice commands now right. to get what you need, right. wherever it is, because right. it's in the cloud. Exactly. And one example why I think, I don't know how far in the future it'll be, but there's no doubt it's the future, is that I have a niece. A niece, and she has a two-year-old son. Okay. Um, she just bought him a toy watch, and he doesn't really know what a watch is, but he looks at this thing, puzzled, and then he says, Siri, turn on the lights. <laughs> Which is a natural thing it's for natural someone thing. coming along now with no none of the background that we've got. No. 
It makes and, perfect sense. And his, you know, his father's an engineer, right? And so you know, you can be sure he's got his whole house hooked up to all this stuff. Do we know if the lights went on when he talked to the watch? No, Probably because not. it didn't have Siri in it. Okay, good. Well, bummer. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, not yet. Yeah. But the point is, so right, his father's an engineer. Well, as we know, engineers point the way to the future. So yeah, his house is hooked up today. If you're an engineer tomorrow, everybody's house is going to be hooked up. Yeah. And not just their house. You carry your phone around. It tracks where you go and what you do. So. Ultimately, I think an operating system is going to be you. It's yeah. going to be what you do with your life and how you interact with the environment. Because it's, increasingly, the environment's going to be filled with sensors and smart devices and all this stuff. And things that are listening. It's interesting, you know, I, I sort of see a little bit of that when I'm in the car. I've got my phone with me. And Maps, you know, has this predictive algorithm that sort of knows that I'm going to work or going to the gym or going home. It predicts, you know, the best route for me before I don't have to do anything. It's just doing it. So when I look at my map, it's got the routes picked out for me. And, you know, I can talk to Siri if I want to, you know, where's the traffic or where's the gas station or whatever. But in terms of, you know, being able to do stuff, it's just there. You know, we, we actually have the capability to do a lot of this now. The voice stuff is not all there yet. Right. It's still a work in progress and it's been so for 20 years. But, I mean, the real problem is that we don't have open standards or we're not adopting the open standards we have. The, the vendors are still sort of warring with each other based on the technology that they have. Apple does this a lot. Right. You know? um, but it, you can imagine if there were ways to interconnect Windows with Apple and do it well. I mean... We've got all the devices now. We've got sensors. We, you know, what we need is a way to connect them all together in a smart way. And, and even if we were, say, you were to do it all on one platform, which was probably the most likely way it would happen anytime soon. Right. Um, you know, it would be expensive, first of all. But, but second of all, there would be kinks to work through. You know, I mean, that's complicated what you were saying. I mean, it's, you know, it's basically IBM's idea of pervasive computing from the early 90s. <laughs> That's right. And taken to where we actually went with mobile, which they couldn't foresee at that time. Right. You know, it's it, it's kind of a no-brainer, really. No, I agree. You're, you're right. I wonder if IoT at some point is going to be the underlying connector that you're talking about. IoT or that whole ecosystem, you know, the sensors and... Um, because you're going to have to have different operating systems, different ways of accessing that data and connecting to it and doing collecting stuff with data. it. Collecting data. Right. We like to collect data, um, <laughs> you know, judiciously. Um, but no, I mean, seriously, if, if, if you're looking for a common platform that no one really owns, um, it sounds like, you know, IoT might be that in oh, five or ten years. Right. You know? The only problem, of course, is no common IoT platform. Right, and and that's and, that's those, a, and standards too and would standards, be an issue, and right? And that makes the, makes it makes the problem even bigger. And I think Scott, you're right because what's going to happen is none of these companies, at least in the short term, is going to want to give it up to owning it. They're not going to want to give it to anybody else. Google wants it, Microsoft wants it, Apple wants it, Amazon. They all want it, and they all want it for themselves. And I think they're going to try fighting for their own piece of turf. But I think eventually eventually one way or another it'll get there because it has that's to. That's the history of specifications. Right. That's you know, right. It's a battle and then eventually everyone realizes we're all going to make something. We've got a common we, need. Right. Yeah. How do we do this? And yeah. then, you know, there'll be a consortium or a, that's right. you know, an open organization of some sort and 
In 10 years, we might. I was going to say, then there'll be five years of hearings (laughs) and fights and groups getting together and complaints and you're ruining this and, you know, and this, and then maybe we'll come up with some bottom of the line, you know. But we have the technology now. Yes. (laughs) It's amazing what we could do if we could just get together. Can't we all get along? Can't we all get along? Yeah, the answer is no. No, we still can't. (laughs) The answer is no. And, um... And, and I, yeah, I think the way it's going to be bits and pieces. It's going to be everybody doing their own operating system first, their own, you know, voice-controlled operating system that lives somewhere out in the cloud somewhere that's yeah. not connected to a specific device. Well, yeah, I mean, you see that it, you see that in the home right now where you've got uh, Amazon is sort of putting out this whole ecosystem of lights and switches and things that you can control with your Echo. Uh, Apple has HomeKit and sort of is kind of edging into it, but you know, I mean, you can do some things with Siri and again, lights and locks and things like that. Um, Google, same thing, you know. But you've got again three, three or four or more different sort of ecosystems that don't always necessarily play well together. And until you, I mean, that's just one little. There are a bunch of of independent little smaller guys in in both IoT and in uh, you know smart home, connected home. You know, I mean, there's only a f- like two voice recognition companies, so we're, we're, that's mature, isn't mm-hmm. it? Right. But the rest of this isn't. Not at all. And, you know, I think one of the issues that may bring everybody together is going to be security. Because obviously oh, when you Touché. are, yeah. when everything you do is connected to somewhere in the world and it's the operating system, I mean, just imagine when your life gets hacked instead of your files getting hacked. Well, that's I mean, true of healthcare stuff. You know, right. with, with all the healthcare IT and it's the things that are going on. Everything. It is true of everything. Eventually, <laughs> we'll all be hacked. You know, wait till they start beaming our consciousness into the internet. That's you know, right. and then uh, of course that's a little probably down the road. But uh, mm-hmm. but it is interesting. You know, to to, to bring this no, back just a little we bit. Have the technology. That's right. I don't want to be in the internet yet. I want it to come to me. I don't want to be in it. Um, but it is interesting, too, um, the sort of rise of voice-activated um, software. Uh, again, you know, you use, you, you do the speech thing when you're doing all of your emails and everything else. You're just talking. You do that, really? He, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's painful sometimes. But I was going to ask how accurate it is. Uh, you can make a lot of corrections, but you're really fast on the first pass. So, you know, it's a matter of how quickly you can make the corrections. Do you have to use a keyboard, or can you do it by voice corrections by you, voice? With a good product, with the Windows version, you can do. It. What with is with it either you're using? one? You can do it, but with both. But the Windows version works better. What are you using? What's the song? Dragon. Dragon. Oh, yeah, Dragon. Okay. Well, my mother, um, she has pro- she's older. She has problems with her hand. She can't really tap, so she has an iPad, and that's her main computer. And she has to do everything by voice, and it's incredibly painful to see her go through this. Just how bad. It really is for somebody who's not experienced and scared. And the, yeah. the, the way those systems work is that you you can't see what you're dictating. It it doesn't light up the screen until you're just you sort pause. of dictating into the ether, right? Yeah, and, and well, it, you know, it doesn't write out what you said right away, mm-hmm. which is that's really. That doesn't work. No. In my opinion. <laughs> because what happens is when it shows up on the screen, you can see that whatever it heard is not what you said. The way you always. correct things is by proximity. So to then move, get back, you either have to use your hand or you have to painfully direct it to go back to the word that you need to correct. Right. Um, you know, maybe she only corrects things that matter, right? I mean, she's not writing, you know, she's not publishing something. It's not email. Yet. It's basically only yeah. the problem is she 
can't send it to the right person or when you do get I mean it's actually pretty funny I have to admit when I get the emails from her they're pretty hilarious because of how garbled and twisted <laughs> not intentionally I've no. seen some of my emails that oh. went that way well we have you know we can <laughs> usually read between the typos and figure out that you're telling us what we need to do for the day but uh, well I so the voice recognition technology though as you say the, the, the pieces are there even if it's still the interface is kind of kludgy but you know you make a good point if you've got a lot of people who are maybe not technically savvy and they don't care about operating systems and file systems or whatever but they can talk and they can hear you know i mean when i i got my uh uh echo and was sort of talking about it and we, we did a show about it and uh you know my mom's like i want one of those because she wants to right. just be able to say hey play some music or i what? think a lot of people have bought them very impulsively because they're not that expensive and right. you know i mean we we picked up Google Home and Alexa, and you know at the same time we just were like, oh, let's check this out. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't bad. It was they were on sale. Yeah, so. well, the Echo was like fifty nine bucks, I think, when I bought it. I think it was might have even been less. No, I think it was less. It was less, maybe yeah, less. Yeah, I think okay. it's fifty bucks normally. Wow. Okay, maybe it was on sale. But anyway, maybe it was forty. The idea being that you know, um, operating systems as we know them are likely to morph in some ways and you know whether there's some sort of common platform whether it's language or the cloud or whatever um, the sort of thing where we see regular updates like we're getting now from Microsoft and Apple may very well go away within the next few years depending on what comes next yeah I think that I mean I think it's a long time away this operating system that lives in the cloud that's you but, and so I think it sounds until like a scary sci-fi movie I, actually I know, <laughs> <laughs> it knows where you are it knows what out. you're doing and where you are and you can't go there you know open the pod bay doors right exactly then it starts telling you what to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's our dystopian future it's for ransomware you know, and then it gets hacked and you know right. and it turns you off um, alright Right. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, any other thoughts on the future of operating systems or our dystopian future? Uh, no, except I still plan to be there. Computing. I hope to be there. Mm -hmm. I want to be there, where, however it's done. Yeah. Scott, any other? Yeah, yeah, I think we'll be there for a while. We're not that old yet. No. <laughs> All right. So that's our quick look at uh, Windows Creators update coming soon to a PC near you and our. Uh, slightly off uh, color version of the future where operating <laughs> systems are going. We don't know yet, but I guess we'll all get there together. Um, Preston, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having Scott, me. Scott, thanks for stopping by. Sure. That's a wrap.